Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Happy Thanksgiving, Matt. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. We got three really good games on Turkey Day. Um, coming down the home stretch here, we got fantasy playoffs just right around the corner. So much to discuss. Wow, I, I, I feel like I say this every week, but I can't believe we're at that point. We're at week 12, we're at Thanksgiving. Uh, some of my leagues actually start the playoffs in week 12. So this. Kitchen sink leagues are starting this week, uh, and and the pressure is really on. Yeah, I can imagine. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's it's winning time, right? <laughs> and today we are going to take a look at some listener questions. We got a ton of them. We might we might even have to do two shows, Matt. We'll see. Uh, but we got a, a lot of great listener questions, and and a lot of those questions are about. What I just mentioned, winning time, playoffs, what what moves do I need to make to make sure my team is ready? And we'll, we'll try to answer those. Uh, Matt, let's start with Jake Anderson. Jake, a buddy of mine over at DLF. We need, to, we need to get Jake on the show. Jake says, who do you think will be the biggest riser in ADP come next August? I wish I knew for sure. First of all, if I did, I would, I'd be <laughs> right. printing some money. Uh, of course, looking at August 2019 ADP, we've got to go through the rest of the season, the entire offseason practically, the draft, free agency, and and all those things that we know will impact player value so much. Uh, But I think over the past year, the player that comes to people's mind is still Jarek McKinnon. We saw him go, if you're thinking about ADP, we saw him go from outside of the top 200 overall, uh, all the way up to 32 as a high point in his dynasty ADP uh, before his injury. So I, I think that's what everybody's looking for. I will say, uh, and this is this is no secret or surprise, those players aren't going to come along every year. Those, those are pretty rare. But I, I kind of use that as a starting point to uh, to look for some players that I thought we could see some some big jumps from and would love to hear your thoughts on these guys looking at November ADP Gerald Everett was the first one that jumped out to me and maybe it's just after his his big game that we saw on Monday night which was just just amazing from start to finish uh but Everett's I believe he's had three touchdowns in the past two games they're really starting to use uh, not only the tight end position in general but but the Rams are starting to focus on Everett more. He is just a second-year tight end, and we've already seen dynasty owners kind of giving up on on him. And it's it's pretty funny, actually, that 
that we've changed our expectations. We, we talk about it a lot with wide receivers, but it's happening with, with tight ends even as well. Um, you've, you've got to just hang on to these guys. Um, and, and we're starting to see Everett come around. In November, he was the 253rd player overall. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly see him take a jump in the next couple months just based on his recent production. But what do you think about him long-term, even heading into the 2019 season? Yeah, I, I would say it's a great one. It's a good conversation, very topical, especially after that Monday night game is insane. Um, I think the cons are Higby's pretty good. You know, like I'm not even, I like Everett better, but it's not by leaps and bounds. Both of them are good athletes. Both of them have a role. And Cooper Cup's not going to be hurt forever. You know, that this is a team that absolutely lives in 11 personnel with three receivers. And I think some of his spike in production has to do without, you know, with Cup being out. But you know, the pros are, I think he's a very athletic player. I think he's a very talented player. And don't forget that one of the, you know, McVay's first draft, they traded up to get him in the draft. And where did McVay come from? Washington. I mean, he's a lot like Jordan Reed. Exactly. We heard, we immediately heard the Jordan Reed comparisons after he was drafted. And I think people hung on to that for a while. That helped his rookie, uh, rookie value, rookie ADP spike back a, a year and a half ago, I guess now. And, and like I said, since then, he hasn't really done much, had a slow rookie season and, and a slow start to this season. But again, we we can't give up on these these young tight ends. If you have roster space, which hopefully you do in a dynasty league, at least 25 players or so, you should be able to hang on to to some of these guys. You can't hang on to all 10 young, promising tight ends, but get your favorite. Everett right now, I think, might be my favorite. We could really see him uh, jump up. Isn't that what the Rams need? Another weapon like Jordan Reed? I mean, they're, they're so they're so you know starving for offense there. Yeah, they they need some kind of boost to that offense, really. <laughs> right. uh, uh, Trey Quinn, Washington wide receiver. We saw him make his debut last week, uh, and and actually got the start in his debut. Um, I'm not sure if that says more about Quinn or maybe the, the struggles of the Redskins wide receivers, uh, but he looked good in his debut. And uh, honestly, I'm, I mean, I don't like Josh Dotson. I don't like Paul Richardson. I thought I liked Jamison Crowder. He's, he's just had a lost season. Quinn Quinn's climbing the depth chart by default here. Yeah. But I mean, are they going to look at him as a long-term starter? I mean, uh, I'd be shocked if they didn't add somebody to make him not irrelevant, but really hurt his stock. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, and of course, if Crowder does come back, he is obviously much more proven. Quinn's ADP is 238 overall. What about Deion Kane in Indianapolis? 221 overall. He's missed the entire season, uh, missed his entire rookie season. You still hanging on to him? Yeah, for sure. One quick note on the Redskins, though. I mean, will Alex Smith even be back next year? I mean, could he never play again? I mean, might Colt McCoy be the starter opening day and a rookie? I mean, like, that team's uh, – that was such a bad injury at his age. I'm not promising that he's going to be back. I think Kane's a great one. I also think they're a team that will probably add one more receiver because they have so much cap space. But I do think they're, they're – uh, uh, offseason will mostly be dedicated to defense. Yeah, they've they've got to add a receiver. We know they tried. They drafted 
uh, both Kane and Darice Fountain uh, this, this past spring, and neither of those have worked out so far. Again, we're pre- preaching patience here, uh, and, and we do like Kane, but they've they've got to get some help in that receiving core. When you look at Chester Rogers or Dontrell Inman or, or guys like that as your second receiver, it really makes it even more impressive what what Andrew Luck has done. A couple of names, players who've been coming on lately uh, and and their ADP already looks a little off based on their production. Josh Adams in Philly, 192 overall. Uh, We had a question from... I'm not in on Adams. Yeah, we we had a question from somebody. Basically, is Josh Adams the 2019 RB1 in Philly? It It was from Ross. So let's let's skip ahead to that one while we're still talking to Jake here. Josh Adams, long-term, 2019 starter? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're really cash-strapped, but I think they, you know, Ajayi would be ahead of him now. Like, I don't think they view him as a starter. I think he's there by default. It wouldn't shock me if they use a second- or third-round pick on a running back. I mean, they don't run the ball at all. They're putting way too much stress on Wentz right now. Um, I don't think he's a special player. No, I think he's a long-term backup, and he'd be somebody I would sell right now. I agree one hundred percent. I really don't want. I don't want much. I don't really want any piece of that backfield at all, based on what we know. Uh, now, if they go out and target one of these big names in free agency, that might change my mind. But if I can sell Adams for a late second, a couple yeah. of thirds. A wide receiver prospect I like. Sell him for Deion Kane. I'd probably aim a little higher. Yeah, and say throw in a third or you know. Yeah, yeah. Last one I I looked at again, kind of trying to stick to that uh, top or outside of that top one seventy five range. Johnny Smith, Titans second year tight end, one eighty seven. Uh, there were some high expectations for him, uh, even though he's he's a small school guy and and was was a midday mid round draft pick, and then when Walker got hurt at the beginning of this season, everybody and myself included thought, you know, it's it's Johnu time, right? We're going to really see him break out, and and that didn't really happen. He he had several games where he didn't even uh, record a reception, and again, I think people gave up on him. I saw him hit the waiver wire in a couple leagues even. Uh, and now we've seen him three weeks in a row finish as a tight end one. What are your thoughts long-term about Johnny Smith? I think he's starting to be more relevant, you know, and I think he's starting to find himself. You kind of alluded to this when we were talking about the Rams tight ends, Everett, that sometimes you really got to wait on this position. You know, you got to be patient. I wonder what Walker will look like when he comes back. I would imagine he will come back and see a lot of targets. I also imagine the Titans almost have to add a wide receiver opposite Davis. But do you trust Mariota? Do you trust LaFleur? I was starting to, and then the inevitable happened. You know, like, um, but I think Johnny Smith's a good candidate here. Yeah, I, I got no problem with that. Yeah, the Titans have really been, really been one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams. You yeah. can't figure out what what to expect from week to week. Yeah. And uh, you probably have a couple names, but I just wanted to throw out one other thing here for Jake's question is I think a guy like Geis, you know, who is already going high, like he can't come from obscurity. He can't go from McKinnon, that type of jump. 
But I think a guy like him is going to move up a little bit. But I also think, like, if the Jags or the Giants or one of these teams who really have quarterback problems, what if they trade for Derek Carr or really enforce the offense? Or if someone gets a big quarterback upgrade, I would think the people around them all going to spike them too. Yeah, that that's fair. Is Derek Carr a quarterback upgrade? The Bortles. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Eli. Man. That's... That's scary. That's scary. It is. Uh, well, we're talking tight ends. Let's stick with that uh, that topic. Samuel says, after Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, Ingram, Njoku, Henry, and Howard, who are some long-term tight ends that could enter that conversation and be had for cheaper? Well, first of all, we've mentioned a couple of them. I think Johnny Smith is in that, is in that range, uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, I think all of these guys we're going to talk about can be had for a second rounder or less. Herndon. Uh, Herndon would be in there. I've been impressed with him. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a couple of guys who I think have kind of disappointed this year for different reasons. Adam Shaheen, we saw the early injury to him, and, and he's back now. He, he caught the two-point conversion uh, for them in week 11. I think that was his his only target. Do you see him any chance he can eat into Burton's production and and then therefore gain some dynasty value? I think he has dynasty value, but you got to squint pretty hard to get him to the point where you check that box on Sunday morning, though. I mean, there's so many miles to feed there. I really like the player. Like, I'm a Steelers fan. I wish he was a Steeler. You know, like, I like the player a lot. I just don't know. There's just a lot of roadblocks in his way. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, and, and I think your point about a lot of mouths to feed is is a good one because, well, we've seen it all year. We've seen A-Rob yeah. have big games. We've seen Cohen have big games, and Burton, uh, and, and Gabriel, and, and Miller as well. So they're they're not going to treat anybody as their wide receiver one, as their not even as their running back one. We've we've seen both Howard and and Cohen um, kind of play the the lead role there. Uh, throughout different weeks. So they're going to continue that. They're going to spread the ball around. Uh, maybe they get a guy like Shaheen involved, uh, but even uh, even if they do, it seems like maybe a limited ceiling for him. What about Ricky Seals-Jones? He was a guy we both yes. liked in preseason. Um, kind of starting to come along again with the the change on the coaching staff that, that has helped uh, really all of their players. You still like him long-term? Yeah, I do. I'm a big Rosen believer. I think the offense is starting to take shape. I think the coaching change helped a lot. And they are a team that kind of needs everything. But I would imagine, you know, they're drafting offensive linemen ahead of the tight end. Like, I would think tight end, you at least probably get another year of him being the guy. And then the two rookies I wanted to throw out, we've seen a little bit from each. Mike Gusecki and and Dallas Goddard there in Philly. Um, still in on both of those guys. Thoughts there? Yeah, throw Ian Thomas in the mix too. He's not a rookie, but I think he's one that I like the player. How long is Olsen going to last? You know, we, we've kind of forgot about him again. I never loved Gusecki. I don't own him anywhere. I really like Goddard, but they have receivers. I mean, he's he's pretty well blocked too. And his owners, I've tried to pry him away at different times throughout the season. 
and his owners are pretty well dug in on him. Like I, all my bids have been far too low. So maybe I don't value him as much as I thought. Yeah. I'm, I, I think I only have one, one share of, of Dallas Goddard. I've got him on one team and uh, I've, I've kind of been one of those um, stubborn owners. Our buddy Sigmund Bloom has been trying to, to trade for Goddard for uh, really all season. And, I've I've turned him away every time so far. <laughs> um, you mentioned Thomas. Thomas is actually a rookie, but I like that call. I'd kind of oh, forgo- yeah. kind of forgotten about him since Olsen came back, and uh, maybe the the owners in your league have forgotten about him too. You can take advantage of that. Let's try to narrow these guys down here. So we mentioned Goddard, Gasecki, Herndon, Johnny Smith, Seals Jones, Shaheen, Everett, Ian Thomas. I know that's a lot of names. All of those guys, who's the number one guy you want? Who would you make as uh, your priority? Everett. I think Everett would be mine as well. Um, I think Goddard would be my second guy. Are you good on that? Yeah, or Seals Jones. I mean, okay. I don't think there's nobody in Seals Jones's way. I mean, that, I like that part about him a lot. Yeah, Johnny Smith, the other guy that stands out there to me, maybe Thomas Shaheen, uh, Herndon towards the back of that group. I, I like Herndon, I think, more than you do. And, and I also think Gusecki will be really hard to pry away from somebody, too. Somebody used a yeah. pretty high pick to get Gusecki. Yeah, Gusecki's still expensive. We actually had another question about him from Jason. Uh, he, Jason says, should I stick with Gusecki as my tight end, too, or cut my losses? Stick well, with him. Yeah, you got to stick with him, as we said earlier. Uh, it, it does depend on your number of roster spots. If you've got 20 roster spots only small dynasty league, then yeah, he probably probably belongs on the waiver wire. But if you're in a, in a dynasty league, pretty typical 23, 25 man rosters or larger than absolutely hang on to him. Uh, I don't know if I would even consider him a tight end two right now. You, you can't start him at all. No, no, uh, right. not even, not even on bye weeks. Uh, if, if my number one guy's out, and and he's my number two. I'm adding somebody off the waiver wire to start. That's the way that's going. But yeah, I'd go get Greg Olson or uh, Delaney Walker or somebody like that this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Long term, I agree with with what you said. I still like him. I'm definitely hanging on to him. Um, now, if you want to cash out and get a high second rounder, if that's if that's a possibility, I'm I'm good with that. Um, just, just kind of recouping your investment from a year ago, but otherwise hang on to Gusecki and, and all of these young tight ends. Yeah. I always end up with a lot of them on my roster. Um, Hey Ryan, I want to take a minute here to tell you about simple context. I, I've told you about them before. I have simple contacts in my eyeballs right now. Uh, I think they're a great service, but one thing about them, first of all, this it's not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, you know, so it, make sure you, you, they only test your current prescription to still help you see 2020 and then they renew that. They don't write completely new ones. But, you know, you, our promo code of Dynasty20 is going to make you save 20 bucks on this. And let me tell you about them a little bit. I mean, it's so convenient. That's the beauty of it. I mean, there's so much things that demanding your time on it nowadays. Your contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. And, and with simple contacts, they allow you to renew your prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere in just minutes, from your couch, from your office, from me sitting here at this bar stool, talking to Ryan, wherever. 
Um, simple contacts vision test is self-guided and it takes less than five minutes. I think it honestly took like two or three minutes for me. Think how much time you save compared to making an appointment, driving there, sitting in the waiting room, all that nonsense, or five minutes just to get to uh, a re-up on your contacts. It's, it's designed by licensed doctors, renews every test you take. You can skip the office visit, business, but not the care. The care is still wonderful. It's a five-star experience. The reviews speak for themselves. Simple Contacts have been rated five stars over 5,000 times on the App Store. Simple Contacts is all the brands and types of lenses you are familiar with. I have some weird things going on with my eyes, but that wasn't a problem at all. They had exactly what they what I needed. Uh, the vision test is only 20 bucks, but compare that to an appointment that can be without insurance, can be 200 bucks, or even the gas to get there, all those type of things. And their prices are simply unbelievable. Uh, standard shipping is free, and we have a promotion. So let me tell you about that. That if you use our code DYNASTY20, you get $20 off, off your contacts at Simple Contacts. Use our code DYNASTY20. It's Simple Contacts slash DYNASTY20, and enter our code DYNASTY20 at checkout. So it's good stuff, man. I mean, like I said, they're in my eyeballs. Um, saved a ton of money, a ton of time. It's a great product. The price is wonderful for their contacts as well. So again, use our code DYNASTY20. Matt, our next question comes from Ryan. Ryan says, I've heard the 2019 rookie class has been relatively disappointing as a whole. As a middle-of-the-pack team, should I sell my first-rounders this year to try to acquire 2020 picks? I've heard that class is loaded with talent. It is. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the 2019 class, what we know of it as of right now, is uh, maybe not what we thought it would be six months ago or a year ago. And and we've kind of talked about Ryan's question here before on the show, and I love that it's uh, kind of gaining steam. I love that selling your 2019 <laughs> picks is is becoming something that everyone wants to do because – that tells me I'm going to be able to acquire those picks even cheaper. There is still a ton of talent in this 2019 rookie class. Again, what we know of it as of now, some of these guys are are going to surprise and stay in school. But um, these these wide receivers, Nikhil Harry, Edwards, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Kelvin Harmon, uh, there, there's a ton of them. Noah Fant at tight end is is a beast. I think he might be a top five dynasty rookie pick as a tight end, which is pretty rare. Um, running back is is still pretty weak. We don't even know who the running back one is. Probably David Montgomery, uh, but he's he's kind of had some ups and downs this year as well. But I love that people are starting. Dynasty players are starting to be so so worried about hanging on to these picks. I'm going to be trying to buy 2019 picks. I thought you uh, might be going there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, in general, adding more 2020 picks, yeah, bring it on. That running back class is stacked. Uh, the quarterback class looks good. Tua, uh, Tua by himself would would make a strong quarterback class. Um, and and wide receivers, some of these sophomore wide receivers have emerged to to. Uh, improve that class even more. So absolutely, I want 2020 picks, but I'm not scared of this 2019 class at all, especially when we're talking about first-rounders. Yeah, and you know it way better than I do. And my take on it of late is there's a couple of leagues I'm competing in 
and I've shopped my future first because I'm from what I see, I don't love the late first round stuff, and I'm in it to win it. I usually never take that approach. Usually, my firsts are off the table. Um, but I also think that trying to turn 19 firsts into 20 firsts that really has to happen a lot closer to draft day, don't you think? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't pull that off now. I mean, you can. I just think, yeah, right. I think you're leaving some value on the table, and and waiting until closer to uh, to the actual rookie draft, you're going to get more value for those picks. There are going to be some of these players that blow up the combine or are projected to land with with the team that we want or whatever the case may be. These guys are going to gain value. Right, right. I mean, they always do. I've been, I haven't been doing this as long as you, but there. I mean, this time when Carson Wentz came out, we didn't expect him to be the second pick in the draft. I mean, and there's many, many examples at all positions where the draft stock of these guys are going to change, and it also becomes relative that maybe the wide receiver class isn't as good, or the running back class isn't as good, or whatever it is, but still, there's going to be wide receivers taken in the first round of the NFL draft, and Maybe it inflates them a little bit, but you look at it and you go, oh, you know, that's uh, the, the the Panthers used a first-round pick on DJ Moore. They must love him. I'm going to get him in my lineup. This is a very fluid situation is all I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't mind trading 2019 picks. I'm not, um, not married to this class. I do love a lot of the players, and um, I would actually be on the other side of that trying to acquire more 2019 picks. But if you Especially do you want to them sell cheap. them, what's that? If you can get them cheap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you do want to sell them, if you want to get out of uh, the first round in general or, or even the whole class in general, wait. Wait until closer to uh, draft time. Makes sense. Makes sense. Tubaka says, a mid-2019 first and Edo Smith or Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. This this one, oh, Tubaka, we love you. you. You give us great questions every single time. This one's a slam dunk. Uh, even even I'm on board. I I've been thinking this this maybe sounds bad. I've been thinking about Aaron Jones a lot lately. Good. Uh, anytime, maybe I shouldn't remind our listeners of this or remind you of this, but anytime the the conversation came up on the show in the, in the past, really the past year and a half. You would always go to bat for Aaron Jones, and I would just kind of say, "Let's let's avoid the entire situation." And that, of I course, that, that kind of looks like terrible advice right now. Jones, I think is is the real deal. That's that's not breaking news. He's been really impressive these past two games, and and what's most important to me is that he's he's getting the carries, he's getting the usage. Jamal Williams had one touch last week, one touch. That's it. Uh, so I, I think we we don't have to worry about any type of competition or committee anymore going forward. No, I think you're 100% right, and I don't think there'll be any reason for them to go out of their way to add running back help, like Le'Veon Bell's not ending up there. Um, do you agree, too, though, that it's not a sell-high moment? It's not like, boy, he's a flash in the pan. I mean, I think he's legit. Definitely not a sell-high moment. I, I do... Uh, and, and I haven't been a Jones hater. I don't want to give that impression. I just no, you haven't. I just, just kind of didn't. Basically, I didn't buy into the hype. And 
and, and all it's taken is a couple of games where he actually got uh, got a bulk of the touches to, to change my mind. But and I he, did, go ahead. Yeah, I, I did end up with Jones on a few of my teams. I'm glad I still have him. Uh, I'm not trying to sell high. In fact, I think I think what might be happening is his value maybe uh, his trade value might be slow to catch up. So I think it's actually a case where I would still be trying to buy him, even though his price has clearly gone up. If I could buy him for Edo Smith in a first rounder, slam dunk. Yeah. How about a first and two seconds? If you're pretty much a contender and you think that first is going to be reasonably late. I mean, I think that's, I would do that in a heartbeat still. Yeah, I would as well. I think I think that's still a fair price. And and again, we talked about the 2019 class. I like the first round. I've got some concerns about the depth of that class right now. Oh, okay. So if we're talking about moving seconds or, or even later picks and packaging those together to get a guy like Aaron Jones, I'd be making that move. Yeah, I mean, I just traded a late second and three-thirds for Traquan Smith before he blew up. I mean, like, that's the kind of moves I was trying to make to get out of these some of these picks to some degree. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Next question comes from Sam. What do you do in a dynasty league that's five-plus years old that has a massive talent gap between a few stacked teams and the rest of the league? I've seen this, and, and it's it's certainly a tough situation. Sam says, is there anything that can be done? I worry it won't ever even out. Um, I have a kind of a longer answer on this. Go for it. And um, I remember when you invited me, probably right when we started this podcast, you invited me to one of your leagues, Hyperactive 4. And I took over a terrible team, a terrible team, and didn't have many resources and was the worst team in the league. So what I do? I drafted Todd Gurley. Still stunk. Next year, drafted Zeke Elliott. After that, my team was pretty decent after starting those two all week and making some reasonably good moves on lesser guys and ended up with Kamara like the 1-6 pick. The year after that, I went undefeated. So the dregs can get to the top. I mean, that's reasonably quick, and then all of a sudden you're not going down anytime soon if you have a plan and you step stick with the long-term depth of it. However... I also think, like, I'm in one league, and I'm sure you're in plenty of leagues like this, where there's 12 teams in the league, and there's only really three good owners. (laughs) You know, like, the same teams make the wrong decisions over and over, and the same three teams make the right decisions over and over. Like, uh, you know, the the Hugh Jackson's not going to outcoach Bill Belichick, even if he gets 20 tries. I I think that's a great response. Um and you were able to turn it around because you're a good active dynasty owner. You protected those picks. You knew they would have value because you knew your team stunk. Right. And, and you nailed the picks and you're not always going to nail the picks. There's Laquan Treadwells and Trent Richardson's out there that, uh, that, that might be a different story if you ended up with those guys. But in general, you made the right choices and the right decisions to turn the team around. And what you say is is exactly the concern. If you're on the other end and you, you've got guys in your league that are always trading their future first-rounders for nothing, um, and they're just they're just kind of treading water, and, and their teams are probably not going to improve. One thing that I have seen kind of make a difference, I guess, or, or help to balance things out is the second-chance rule. This is something I came up with, 
for one of my leagues, and it's kind of spread to uh, to the majority of my leagues, that at the end of every season, owners have the chance to give up their assets, all players, all picks, and basically participate in a in a new draft. So it might be two teams, it might be six teams. You never know. Depends um, how many people say, "Yeah, I'm in." Exactly. So that helps to kind of balance things out. Shuffles the deck at least. Right. And, and what really helps is when you have, you hate to see turnover anytime, but if one of your stronger teams becomes an orphan team, an owner leaves. And now that, that really strong team is in the, the dispersal draft, the second chance draft, then you really see kind of the action pick up and, Oh, if you're on the on the fence, you're going to cash your team in, and maybe you end up with Elliot and Gurley or whatever. You know. Right, right. More teams, more teams want to join, uh, and obviously ends up with with just a better selection. So that that's one thing you might consider. Uh, that was from Sam. Sam, if you uh, want to reach out on Twitter, let me know, and I can uh, get you the rules for the second chance draft. That's a pretty cool idea. I've never heard that. I want to tell everyone about Harry's. I mean, it's the holiday season. I know there's a lot of dudes that are really hard to buy for. Don't get it. Don't get him a wallet. Don't get him socks. Don't get him a tie. Don't get him some nonsense. I mean, I, I've told you guys about this for a long time that I've been hooked on the, the Harry's blades for quite a while. I can't remember when I you know, was back to using electric. And I never was a blade guy before that because my skin's real sensitive. I'd get bumps and be irritated all the time. So I went to an electric, and it just wasn't as good a shave, but I settled until I met Harry's Blades. I mean, Harry's are fantastic. So think about it over this holiday season. So Harry's makes long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price. They get a 4.5 out of 5-star rating on Trustpilot. The German engineer blades for as low as $2 a piece, where you guys know that if you buy them at you know, Rite Aid or whatever, you're paying 4 and 5 bucks a blade. Um, it's a practical gift he'll actually use, as opposed to some of the things I mentioned before, and saving money on blade refills. So you can personalize it and make it feel special. You can choose a color that's right for him. Now with limited edition holiday handles, personal engraving option. That's pretty cool. I could get mine personally engraved. Ready to gift, you know, set ready to ready to gift set comes with a handsome gift box. Gift sets starting at just ten bucks if you just want to try it. Hundred percent quality guarantee, which is phenomenal. So, as a special offer to the fans of our show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash dynasty. Pretty sure that's all caps, so make sure you do that. harrys.com slash dynasty. Plus, you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a wonderful weighted handle, with an option to engrave, German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave, foaming sh- shave gel for a rich lather, it smells great, my wife loves it, a travel cover to protect your blades, and a handsome holiday gift box. So, Or, if you just want something for yourself, redeem Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shave before committing. Give yourself a present, why not? So, get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th. So make sure you get on that now. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty and get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. 
Matt, our next question comes from Joel. This has been a popular topic lately. What are we doing with Gronk as a contender? I was offered Cohen straight up. Is this where we have arrived? What are your latest thoughts on Gronkowski? Of course, he they they had the bye. He was uh, he sat out. It feels like we haven't seen this guy in in months. It hasn't been that long, but it it feels that way if he's on your dynasty roster. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Cohen. I mean, I mean just right off the bat, and I do think Belichick has put him on ice, knowing that. We're going to need you down the stretch. I mean, you sit there and you watch Chiefs Rams from last night and be like, holy smokes, we need every weapon we can get. So I think they've erred on the side of caution, but I didn't think he looked great. I know he didn't look great before he was sat down. Part of me thinks that Belichick and Brady will figure it out and that team and that offense might end the season with a bang and Gronkowski may end up finding the end zone a much higher rate. But... I think this is his last year in the NFL. So would you rather have a banged up Gronk for four or five more weeks or would you rather have three Cohen? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I would prefer Cohen as well. I was looking at the uh, trade finder on DLF and there's a lot of Gronkowski for first round pick trades. Of course, we don't know exactly where those first rounders will land, but that seems to kind of be the going rate. Gronkowski for Lockett. Gronkowski wow. for Mike. You're right. Gronkowski <laughs> for Mike Williams. Oh, okay. Uh, Gronkowski for Devontae Freeman and Edo Smith. Um, those, those. That's kind of the range. You're not, you're not getting a. Uh, not only are you getting not getting a top twelve guy. You're, you're probably not getting a top thirty guy in exchange for Gronk at this point because he's not a top thirty guy anymore. Yeah. Don't think you're getting Kenny Galladay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Right, right. Or no, Engram no. or O.J. Howard or no. No, those... The, that ship yeah, sailed. The, that time has passed. Um, if you're looking specifically at a tight end, I, I don't even know if I would flip him for a tight end right now because uh, you're not getting, certainly not getting the, the guys we talked about. You're not Ingram, getting Hunter Henry even. Ingram, Howard... Yeah. Um, Kittle, you're not getting those guys. I'm not doing it for Jared Cook. Yeah, and and the the next tier is veterans that maybe are not not any better off. Cook, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jimmy Graham, right. Kyle Rudolph, guys like that. That's declining that's, assets. That's not worth it. So yeah, if I can get Treat Cohen, yes, 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 for sure. But, I mean, if you own them and you're not competing, or even if you are competing, maybe look at the four or five teams in your league and maybe one of them is really light on tight end and they'll overpay a little bit right now. I mean, but that clock is ticking quick. Right, and and not only the, the, the Gronk clock in general, but uh, trade deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. It's trade deadline season. A lot of my trade deadlines have already passed, so I might end up holding the bag on Gronk. Well, We'll see what happens, uh, but you're you're not the first person I have heard say that this this could be it for him. No, I mean, maybe it's the ultimate buy low situation because he is such a phenomenal player, but I think the writing's kind of on the wall. You would not give a first rounder for him, right? No, no matter what my tight end situation was, no. 
All right. Let's get one more question in from Larry. We talked about Aaron Jones. This is another one of your favorites. Larry says, what is Lamar Jackson's trade value? Uh, So, of course, we saw in week 11, Lamar Jackson make his first career start. He became the first quarterback to rush for 100 yards in his debut. He set the uh, all-time record for most uh, rushing attempts by a quarterback with 27. He basically did exactly what we expected him to do. Uh, I didn't think he looked bad as a passer. He threw, threw one ugly interception, but... Uh, Jackson is pretty much good for one of those every game or so. So that's no real surprise either. And and I do think uh, just watching him through his time at Louisville here locally, he uh, he's improved dramatically as a passer. Uh, you know, if you think he's bad now, and I know some still do. You should have seen him a couple you, years you ago. Should, you should have seen him a couple years ago. <laughs> uh, he, he's greatly improved. And, and I that tells me that he could continue to improve. That gives me hopes for the future. I know you are a, a big fan of Lamar Jackson in fantasy and in the NFL in general. What's his trade value in your eyes? I bet it's awfully high right this second. You know, I mean, and as much as I love him, you know, you mentioned he ran the ball 27 times. I mean, that's a lot for a running back. And 21 of those were designed runs, though. I mean, they weren't all just run around and improvise and – First read's not there, so tuck it and run. And there definitely was some of that. But they're designed runs for Baltimore to get wins. I got to think that number goes down, though. You mean, like, he's not going to average 20 to 25 carries a game. I mean, but as people, you know, I hear a lot of people in the fantasy community say that guys that run like that, Cam, Wilson in his prime, you know, as a runner, they have the cheat code. You know, that it doesn't matter if you're good at football. We've seen that with Trubisky to some degree. And I do think Jackson will improve as a receiver, or as, a, as a, uh, a passer. But I also think that that franchise might be in for dark days, too. You know, like, I, I don't know that Harbaugh is going to be back. I don't know that Jackson's going to have a lot around him in the upcoming year or two. There's not great weapons. Uh, they, some of their dudes like Suggs and Weddle and Yonda won't be there much longer for this transition. I think it's going to be a real crossroads in the Ravens organization. It's maybe starting the last week, but certainly this off season. And I wonder if he has some really lean years that if you could get a lot for him now, especially because you can always find a quarterback, this might be a prime time to move him for a bundle. Yeah, I've I've been thinking the same thing. I've had a lot of the same concerns. It it just seems like this is the ultimate uh square peg round hole kind of thing. Like he he just doesn't seem to fit that offense in general. Uh I mean, if you look at and again, you can't compare a college offense to to an NFL offense by any means, but you look at what he had at Louisville and he had he had speed guys who kind of fit his um his athletic profile all around him at the receiver position, at the running back position. He needs and, a Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. yeah. And, and he doesn't have it right at all. Oh. Um, he doesn't have anything close. We know, we know John Brown uh, is a speedy deep threat guy, but he's a free we're agent. Not, we're not sure if Lamar can get him the ball even right uh, consistently. So I hate to call, a rookie, especially a rookie quarterback, 
a sell high and especially a guy that that I've been such a big fan of uh, after one start. Yeah, but <laughs> he, he kind of feels like a sell high. Yeah, the buzz um, is heavy. I don't know I, I haven't looked at at any recent trades with Jackson. I don't think you can get a first rounder for him. I don't think it's gone that high. Um but if I could even sell him for a, a very early second rounder, I think I would consider that. And again, it goes back to all the concerns we've talked about, but also what you said. It's it's so easy to get uh, a quarterback Kirk in Cousins. general. Yeah, I mean, somebody you can start every week. There's, you know, the supply is much greater than the band. All right, Matt, we will leave it at that. We're we're kind of sad Lamar Jackson owners now. We'll we'll see. He's going to get another start in. Oh, I'm happy I had him. I'm I'm happy I have them. I just consider moving them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks to all uh, all our listeners for the questions. Thanks for listening. We will be back next time, maybe even again this week, Matt, with more Dynasty Blue Brand. 